Thank you so much for tuning in today. Wherever you're watching this or listening to this, whether you're at home or in your car, thank you for being with us. My name is Chris Montgomery and I'm the pastor here at Fraser Church in Montgomery, Alabama. Today, we're gonna be in Hebrews chapter 12 and 13. So if you have a Bible, please grab that at this time. Um, if you don't have a Bible, that's okay. The words are gonna appear for you on the screen. I also encourage you to grab a notebook and a pen uh, to jot down some notes along the way. As we get started, please be sure to see the Fraser website and the Fraser app for the most up-to-date information about in-person worship. We look forward to being together as soon as possible. Let's pray and we'll get started today. Father, in this moment, we are so thankful for all that you're doing in our lives, for all that you're doing in our world. And Lord, for all the cares that we are carrying right now, we hand them over to you and we trust you with them. And in this moment, I pray that you would give us eyes to see, give us ears to hear, Open our hearts that we may receive the word you have for us today. We pray this in Jesus' good and powerful name. Amen. Amen. Many of you know that Emily, Eddie Ray, and I, we moved to Montgomery from Madison, Alabama. The house that we lived in in Madison uh, was in a newly developed neighborhood, uh, which meant the sidewalks were new, the streets were new, most of the houses were new, and that was great. Well, one thing that was odd, though, was as a newly developed neighborhood, all the trees were really short. They were all brand new. They had just been planted. And our house, like most houses, uh, had a brand new young tree in the front yard and a brand new young tree in the backyard. Well, Eddie Ray loved to play in the backyard. And when he was really young, he found out that if he went into the backyard and he went to our very young new tree in the backyard, he could take hold of it with his little hands and he could shake the bottom of it. And when he would shake the bottom of it, he would look up to the top and he would just see the branches just going back and forth. And I think this gave him a, a great sense of power that this little bitty boy could walk out to this tree that seemed so big to him. It wasn't but about 12 or 15 feet tall and he could shake the bottom of it and the whole tree would shake. One day Eddie Ray was in the backyard and he was just shaking that tree and he was not letting up. And I thought, you know, Many times that's exactly how life feels. It feels like that someone has a grip on us or something has a grip on us and is just shaking us and the shaking will not seem to stop. And many times that is exactly how we feel in life. It feels like our finances are shaking. It feels like friendships are shaking. Or our family is shaking. Or our health is shaking. The economy is shaking. Society is shaking. It seems like there's just shaking all around us. But in Hebrews chapter 12, we are told that there is one thing that will never shake. There is one thing that is actually unshakable. In Hebrews chapter 12, verses 28 and 29, the writer of Hebrews says this, since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, the kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. And then verse 29 says, for our God is a devouring fire. Our God is a devouring fire. Right here we're told that the kingdom that we are receiving, that we are born into, that we get to live into in this life, and one day we'll see it in its full expression, this kingdom is unshakable. And our response to that is simply to live lives and to offer ourselves as worship to God. Notice that it says that we live with holy fear and awe. But, but this is not fear out of shame. 
This is not fear out of guilt or fear of somehow being scared of God. No, we live with this holy respect and awe for God and who He is because of His amazing power, His stabilizing power in our lives. Meaning when everything else seems to be shaking around us, we have this God who is our fortress, this God who is our rock. You may have noticed that in verse 29, it also points out that this God that we have is a devouring fire. And you may say, what does that mean? Well, the image of fire is actually used over and over throughout Scripture. If you go back to Malachi chapter 3, uh, we see the prophet telling us that there is one who is coming who will refine us like silver. And then you see the story pick up in Luke chapter 3 verse 16 where John the Baptist says uh, that there is one who is coming. The, the Messiah is coming. I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. And even though I baptize you with water, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Right there, John is saying that there is a washing that is coming. There's a cleansing that is coming. And it's not an outward cleansing. It is an inward cleansing. It's an inward purification that God is going to do in our hearts. Then you get to Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 12 and 13. He says this, Anyone who builds on that foundation, the foundation that is Christ, may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, straw. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. And right here, Paul is pointing to that day when God's work on us and in us will be complete. But until that day, Scripture tells us that God continues to burn away the things that hinder us and hold us back from worshiping Him and living into this unshakable kingdom that is our inheritance that Christ came and died for us to have and receive here and now. Now, the interesting thing about Hebrews chapter 12 is he, at the end, he talks about this unshakable kingdom that we are a part of. As Hebrews 13 verse 1 picks up, uh, the writer of Hebrews begins to list out these things. They seem random at first, but he begins to list out these qualities of this unshakable kingdom that we can have and that we can live into here and now. I call them six blessings of an unshakable kingdom. Before we get to those, let me say this. Uh, again, this list may seem random, but it is not. The writer of Hebrews is actually talking about these essential relationships that we have in life. And as we get to the end of this message, I want to bring all those together for you. Also, let me say this. These blessings, they come to us as commands, as commands. But here's the thing. If God has commanded something of us, it's because God wants something for us. Not only that. Every command that God gives us, He also gives us the power, the ability to live into that command so that we can receive the blessing of that command. And so right here we see six blessings of an unshakable kingdom. Let's start. Number one is this. The first one is that God gives us the ability to stay connected to people that we know and love. Hebrews 13 verse 1 says, keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters, meaning brothers and sisters in Christ. Keep on loving each other. Don't stop. No matter what's happening around you, you do not have to stop being in fellowship with one another, he says. 
Even though we're in the middle of this pandemic and we're walking through many trials in life, the one thing that we do not have to give up, the one thing that can be unshakable in our life is that we can stay connected to the people that God has strategically placed around us. Right now, as we live through everything that we're going through, my prayer is that we will not lose contact and connection with those people, again, that God has placed in our life. And if you feel like you're alone right now, let me say this, please pray and just ask God who it is that you need to connect to, because I believe that He has someone uh, to walk through life with you right now. But also, if you're connected in a small group or a Sunday school class, you may have a group of people and you feel like that things are going well and you have the support you need. I would encourage you as a group or a Sunday school class to begin to pray and ask God, who is it that you need to reach out to right now? Who is it that may need that connection in their life and God is putting them on your hearts? If you're walking with people I promise you, it's always a blessing. And it's a part of this kingdom that God has established because He does not want us to do this alone. And this is where the unshakable part comes in. Even though everything seems to be shaking around us, the church is still the church. And we have not stopped being that. Even though we're not gathering together for in-person worship in buildings right now, we still have the power to touch each other's lives. And I believe that God wants us to keep those connections going and keep those connections growing. So the first thing that I want us to see is that God gives us the ability to stay connected to people that we know and love. The second thing, though, is that God gives us the, the ability to serve people that we do not know. We, we see this in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2. He says this, Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. Notice the word strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without even realizing it. Right here, what the writer of Hebrews tells us is, is that as a church, we should not let the external circumstances that we're going through hinder or stop the ministry of hospitality. But that should only increase in our life. That should only increase. Right now is not a time for us to kind of circle the wagons and, and pull back. But there are people that God will place in our path along the way, and He wants us to be a witness for His Son to them in this world. And even though circumstances may not be ideal right now, and I get that, they're not. The normal avenues in which we have done ministry, they're not there right now. But even though that's going on, we still have the power of the Holy Spirit in us. And as God prompts us and leads us as we move forward, we can still reach out. And if not physically, we can still spiritually touch another person's life. And while we're living in a world that seems to be talking a lot about socially distancing ourselves, there's a difference between physically distancing ourselves from someone else and spiritually distancing ourselves from someone else. And right now is a time for us to connect and to walk around in a world that's hurting with eyes wide open and hearts wide open, ready to touch another person's life. And so the first thing that we have here is that God gives us the ability to stay connected to people we know and love. But not only that, God still gives us the ability to connect with people we don't even know and touch their life for Christ as well. The third thing, though, is this, and this one's really important, is that God gives us the ability still to show mercy and compassion. 
again, in a world that is shaking, in a world where there's a lot of uncertainty, we as the church still have the ability to be agents of mercy and compassion in this world. We get this from Hebrews chapter 13, verse 3. He says, remember those in prison as if you yourself were there. Remember also those being mistreated as if you felt their pain in your own bodies. This is a powerful verse. And notice the two examples that he uses. He uses the example of being in prison. He also uses the example of someone who is being mistreated. Now, the example about someone who is in prison, what he's implying there is that we should be willing to show mercy to people who, well, let's just say, they've gotten themselves into the problem. That's the implication. And that is the heart of mercy. Mercy is giving someone something that they do not deserve. And what the writer here tells us is that we should be ready to be agents of mercy in this world toward others. But he also uses the example of being mistreated. Right here, that implies that we should show compassion to people who, let's just say, someone else's sin has affected their life. And right here we see the two extremes, that we as the church, we should be ready to be agents of mercy and compassion, whether they got themselves into the problem or whether that problem came to their doorstep. Regardless of the origin, if you will, of the issue, we the church respond accordingly. And that is the same way that Christ would respond. The fourth thing that he says is that God gives us the ability to honor our spouse. This is very important for today. Hebrews 13 verse 4 says, give honor to marriage and remain faithful to one another in marriage. God will surely judge people who are immoral and those who commit adultery. Now that's a lot of strong language there, but he's making a very important point. And one of the things that we know that's happening right now in our world uh, is that the pandemic that we're in is, is putting a lot of strain on marriages and on families. And in some ways, what this time is revealing to us is the health or the lack thereof that are in our marriages and in our families. What I know is this, too, is that in one year, in three years, in five years, we're going to look back on this time. And there are going to be memories that we have. Some of them will be good. Some of them will be not so good. The question, though, for us is when we look back on this time, what will we see as it pertains to our spouses, as it pertains to our families, with our kids? Will we be able to say that we did not waste the lockdown? We, we did not waste this time that we had. Instead, we used this time, th these trials that we're going through, this pandemic that we're in, we used this time to grow closer together as a family. And my prayer is that we will let this time be just that that it'll be a time where we grow closer together and not further apart. The fifth thing that he tells us is this, is that God gives us the ability to be content, to be content. We see this in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. He says, don't love money. Notice how practical he is. Don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. You know, there's a difference between needing something and being a slave to something. <laughs> There's a world of difference between those two. There's a difference between needing money, needing a job, 
and being a slave to it and bowing down to it. Even when times are lean and when times are tough. And I'm very aware that many people who are watching this have been affected in some way by your job. Uh, maybe you've lost income or maybe you've lost your job completely. What this verse tells us is that there is a satisfaction that we can live in and there is a rest that we can have. And that rest is in we know that God will never fail us. He will never fail us and He will never abandon us. And, and as we're making our way through these days, and, and some of us, for some of us, it's very tough. It's very tough. We can rest assured that God is going to help us. And anything that we lose during this time, I believe, will be repaid either in this life or in the next. The sixth thing that he tells us is this, is that God gives us the ability to proclaim his faithfulness. Even though the world is shaking around us, and so much is shaking, we can still be a testimony and lift our voices and proclaim the faithfulness of God. We see it in verse 6. Hebrews 13 verse 6 says, So we can say with confidence, The Lord is my helper. So I will have no fear, no fear. What can mere people do to me? Notice that. What can mere people do to me? What can man-made things do to me? What can anything on this earth do to me? Because the Lord is my helper. The faithfulness of God has not ceased. It has not stopped. The helper from heaven, the God who cast out all fear, is still on the throne. He's still there. He's still there. And no one, no one can take your place away from you before Him. No one can do that. And because of that, every day and in every situation, you can stand tall and you can rest assured that God is on your side. And even though you do not see the answers yet to your prayers, you can know that they are coming. They are coming. And they're going to be for God's glory, but they're also going to be for your good. Now, right here in six verses, again, the, the writer puts together six things that may seem random, but I want you to notice each of these. No, notice which category they fall in. The first point that he makes is that God gives us the ability to stay connected to the people we know and love. That's friendships. Those are the friendships that God has placed around us. Just as Jesus brought together the first disciples, He's still bringing together disciples and doing amazing things in them and through them as they walk through life together. The second thing is that God gives us the ability to serve people we do not know. That's the stranger. Those are the people that we do not know yet, that we have not met yet. And one thing the gospel tells us is that over and over we see the example that we are to reach out to the stranger and witness to them and show them the love of Christ. Notice the third category. That is that God gives us the ability to show mercy and compassion. Those are the hurting, the hurting. Again, the gospel over and over tells us and shows us and models for us how that we are to reach out to those who are hurting around us. The fourth one, God gives us the ability to honor our spouse. That's our family, our family. Notice, friendships, strangers, hurting, family. God gives us the ability to stay connected even in times when everything is shaking. Stay together and stay strong together as a family. And then the fifth one, God gives us the ability to be content. 
That's the relationship we have with ourself. That on the inside, when everything is happening around me, on the inside, I can be content and be satisfied in God and not look for some other God out there for that satisfaction. And then the last one, God gives us the ability to proclaim His faithfulness. That's our relationship with God. That right here, right now, no matter what's happening around me, that I can still proclaim the faithfulness of God in the midst of it all. So notice, he's talking about our relationships with our family, with friendships, with strangers, with the hurting, with ourselves, and with God. And these are the most essential relationships that we have in life. A lot of times we just boil it down to our friends and family or God, but it's actually more than that. Because in these six things, we see not only our relationships with people that we know and like, or families that we were born into, or this God who has saved us, but also we see the relationships that we have to reach out to others and bring them into the kingdom. And this leads me to, I think, a very important question. And I want to actually want to ask the question um, in two different ways. I'll ask it this way first. First of all, which one of these categories, if you will, these relationships, do you need to recommit to today? Now, which one maybe have you been letting go of a little bit? Have you neglected the vital friendships that, that God has brought into your life? Have you avoided the stranger in some way? Have you avoided people who are hurting and missed opportunities to be an agent of mercy and compassion in this world? Have you been missing the opportunities that God has been giving you to form deeper relationships with your family? Or maybe it's you. Maybe you've been living with an unhealthy discontent, an unhealthy dissatisfaction with life. Or what about God? Maybe during this time you've been leaving God out of the equation completely. That's one way to ask the question. I want to ask the question another way. Remember I told you about Eddie Ray going out into the backyard, shaking the tree, and the whole tree would shake. One day Eddie Ray was doing that, and it happened to be in the fall of the year. And Eddie Ray walked out there as he normally does. He's got toys all in the backyard, and he walks out to that tree. He takes hold of it, and he begins to shake. Well, it being the fall of the year, most of the leaves on the tree are dry and dead. And as Eddie Ray began to shake that tree, the wind began to blow a little bit. And all of a sudden, all these leaves began to fall off the tree. In that moment, I thought, yep, many times that's exactly how life is. Many times God allows shaking to happen around us so that the things that are dead and dry fall away. So instead of asking the question, which one of these do you need to recommit to today? A question that I would ask is, what is God allowing to shake in your life? And it's dead and it's dry and it seems to be falling away. But what is it that God is allowing to shake in your life so that you can focus on what matters most? Maybe it's something that you love. 
Maybe it's something that you want dearly. But what is it that God's allowing it to shake because it's really dead and dry and holding you back from living your best life in Him and really focusing on the things that He has placed in your life that matter the most, like your friendships, the people He's brought into your life. Or maybe He's trying to shake some things out of your life so you can spend a little more time focusing on reaching out to the stranger or the hurting. Maybe He's shaking some things out of your life so that you can focus a little more on your family or maybe a little more on the condition of your own soul. Or maybe He's shaking some things out of your life so that you can worship Him more completely. I, I don't know where you are, but here's my encouragement to you. My encouragement to you is don't hang on to things that are shakable, things that are limited, things that are weak. Don't hang on to the things of this world. Instead, hang on to the unshakable, immovable, unstoppable God who has taken hold of you. Cling to Him. Hold on to Him in the midst of a world that seems to be shaking violently right now. Because you are a part of a kingdom. You have been born into a kingdom that is unshakable. And that is the only firm foundation that we have in this life. What I want us to do is I want us to take a moment and have a song of reflection. And during that song of reflection, I want you to think about this question that I've put before you. What is it that's shaking in your life that God may want you to let go of so that you can worship Him more fully? We're going to pray, we're going to have a song of reflection, and then I'll come back and I want to talk about two very important connections in your life. Let's pray. Father, in this moment right now, I pray for every person who hears these words. Lord, there are things in this life that we cling to passionately, that we put so much stock and value in, but so many times those things fade away. They die. They get old and we find ourselves empty once again. Lord, I pray in this moment that we would cling to you. You are our unshakable, immovable, unstoppable God, and I pray that we would see that we find security in you and in you alone. And so whatever it takes, whatever burning needs to happen so that our focus is on you, let it be so. In Jesus' name, amen.